Guys, we're back. Yeah. We're back. Hey. <laughs> so, Man, I'm sorry. the warm-ups that we're doing for this show just keep getting worse and worse, I think. But hey, um, that's... <laughs> I don't know. Oh, <laughs> the, the, show, the start of the show is already a freaking mess. Anyway, lads, we're here to talk about... Miracle, the 2004 Disney film based off the 1980 Winter Olympics, where, of course, the United States would upset and win gold, beating the Czechs, the Russian or the Soviet Union, as I should say, and the Finns coming back in every single one of these games. And I think this might be Mike Babcock's favorite movie. <laughs> Why? See, I had to say, I, I was kind of, when we first, sorry, when I first started watching the movie, I had the same thought. Now, you asked why, Daniel? Mm-hmm. There's the speech, I think, before the Soviet uh, game to get into the gold medal. Uh, that's when. We'll, when we get there, we're going to talk about it. But I thought I'd start off, guys, before we get into the movie itself. I want to read you the roster of the Miracle on Ice team. There's a reason I wanted to talk about it. Of course, goalie Jim Craig, 21 years old. Ken Morrow. Mike Ramsey. Mark Johnson, Rob McLannan, Dave Silk, Bill Barker, Neil Broughton, Dave Christian, Mike Urizine. No, I didn't say that right. Bob Suter, just to name a few. Buzz Schneider. Jack O'Callaghan. What do all those names have in common, guys? Solid guys. They are nobodies in the grand scheme of the game. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I know, I know that's the point. I, I know that's the point you're getting across. And doesn't that make it ten times better, though? Oh, it does. I think the only I was looking at a lot of these guys, and I think the only player who probably played more than five seasons was Mike Ramsey. I think he played over a thousand years. But everyone else, I don't think Jim Craig. But Jim Craig played for like for Atlanta and then like bounce around to the Rangers. He never played for more than three seasons. It, it adds to just the magic of this team. And I think the oldest player was the captain, Mike Urizine. I know I'm not saying it right. Urizine at 25 years old. And of course, the youngest was Mike Ramsey, 19. It adds to the magic of it, yeah. But it's just incredible to look at. That was my first thing. The only name I recognized was Bob Suter because of his last name. <laughs> That was it. And then the first name I recognized as a real player was when I heard Tretiak, who was, of course, was the Soviet goaltender. So, well, they they didn't have the U.S. was wasn't sending professional athletes. Yeah, you weren't at that. That that was the big thing. I think it was nineteen eighty. Nineteen ninety-eight is when they were allowed to use the first one. Sorry. Yeah. So you think that's incredible what were the i guess was that an olymp because i searched it up and i i didn't maybe i missed it but was it a just a u.s thing or was it the ioc who said you can't send professional athletes it was the ioc Uh, but like i know the soviets still did it (laughs) these they brought these pro guys still um Canada didn't, and the U.S. didn't. Other countries didn't. It was just the Soviet Union, because why the hell not? Yeah. Okay. Mm. That makes sense. It's like weird. It's like it's their own leagues, because like you know, like SHL, it wasn't as big for like Sweden. It wasn't as big as it is now. Right. Yeah. Right. But I, I, you know, yeah. 
Sorry, go. No, I was just, yeah, like, overall, I I, I like the movie. Like, I, I, I want to go back to something you said about it being Mike Babcock's favorite movie. And because you look at his dynamic as a whole, like, you look at um, Herb Brooks' dynamic with his team off the ice, it 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 kind of felt like a Mike Babcock type character. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all about the team. Um, there's there's emphasis. It's there's an emphasis on playing as a team, right? It's about and he said it. It's about the skating. It's about the passing, and I think that stood out to me as like, I, that's something that really hasn't changed especially in hockey where you look at okay look at the best teams in the NHL let me pick okay let's pick out one the Boston Bruins that's a team yeah they have Brad Marchand they have Patrice Bergeron they have David Pasternak I, I mean I can list all the players and they're all individually talented but what makes them better than other teams is that they work as a team, right? So it's, yeah, skill matters, but especially in this sport where it's not like basketball uh, where, you know, you can play the entire game. It's very team-oriented. It's the system, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, you, you said it really well there. It, it's about, yeah, the crest on the sweater and not the name on the back, right? And what's incredible about that really is this really was the Miracle on Ice team, really by committee, right? And you can tell, like, there's a scene where they bring in the, I think his name was Tim Haller, the guy who came in late. Yes. And one of the players says, you know, we're a family here, really, like, it's the group dynamic of that team it, it is really like what what's so special about it and i mean they always talk about when your career is done it's about the memories and of course these guys didn't have nhl careers a lot of them didn't but it of course it's gonna be the miracle on ice itself that is uh the memory speaking of memories though man the hairstyles in this movie i loved it <laughs> i must the cookbusters i loved it it was kind of cheesy eh, the looks Oh, extremely. Very cheesy. But that was the time, right? Like, it was, what, 1979, 1980? It was just so cheesy. I loved it. I loved loved the hairstyles. We should adopt those outfits, guys. We definitely should. You know? I'm down. Spend our styles in quarantine. I'm down. Man, look at my hair. It's starting to curl a bit at the back. It's it's starting to get there. But um, if we go to the movie a bit chronologically, right? The opening of the movie itself. Of course, you have the montages of the states parading around nuclear weapons. I, I think it was the Russians were the ones parading their their yes. their missiles and all this. And then the whole speaker of in the U.S. You know, joking about oh the Cold War and all that and. Oh, waiting up to get gas prices. And there's even the scene with the assistant coach at the doctor joking about the Cold War and that, you know, they cut to scenes of like when they're in the airport and it's the NHL All-Stars have just been decimated by the Soviets. Yeah. Is what this movie does from the start is it really it really makes the Soviets look like the bad guys. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you pointed something out there, and I know it's kind of going a little off topic, but I think it, it for me, it really emphasized the point from the beginning of the movie when he said, when, right, because it was at the beginning of the movie where he says the, where the clip is the NHL All-Stars get demolished by the Soviet Union. Because I know there's a part yeah. in the middle of the movie where he see, he's listening to the radio or he's watching TV and they talk about it. But that literally brought the point across the entire movie as back to kind of what I was saying before in, in that you can have the best players in the best league in the world and they're still not going to beat the Soviet Union. No. And I think that put the point across the movie. I want to ask you guys about... Let me start with you here, Daniel. Because there's always seems to be... Moneyball had this, that there was the... You follow Billy Bean, you follow you know, his, him building the team and all this kind of stuff. And in the background, there was his daughter. And it felt like his daughter is very much the heart of that movie. Now, I, I, Moneyball did it well... Um, I don't think Miracle did it nearly as well. Anytime I saw Herbie's wife on screen, I skipped it because I thought, no, I don't want it. the big thing and all that. Like every scene ended up being her like snapping at him or them snapping and she would leave the room. I just kept it was just the worst thing, Daniel. Tell me about these these marital issues that I want out of my movie. Oh man. Oh, I don't know why I'm the expert for that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, I don't know. It just it added they tried to, you know, it works sometimes. Moneyball really did it well, but you know, you have to add that emotional element, you know, that uh some tension, I think. <laughs> In it, but uh, yeah, it it was kind of flat. Like that was kind of the one thing with this movie. Don't question my love for you. Storms out the room. Do you know the thing with? I think Moneyball. Okay, here's I look at the movie. I look. Let's if we're comparing Moneyball and Miracle. When I look at the two movies, I think Moneyball is the story. Yes, it's a story of the o- Oakland Athletics, but at the end of the day, I think it really is the story of Billy Bean. And 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 in this case, in in the movie's case, it was um, the hell's his name. What was Jonah Hill's character's name? I will look it oh. up for you. They like changed it in the movie. I yeah, it, it, it was the it was it was the really the story of those. It's more Billy Bean, right? How he kind of progressed. Where as this movie. Yeah, there was it was a focus on her uh, her Brooks, but the story overall was about the miracle on ice. Peter Brand was the name of John Hill's character. Peter Brand. Okay. Right. right. So I think the way the movie was for me, this was this is how I, when I watched the movie, I thought Moneyball was more the story of Billy Bean, whereas Miracle was more the story of a team of the team as the whole. So I don't think they made an emphasis on each individual character. Like right, they looked at her Brooke kind of, but I think they wanted to see the entire team. It was it was more an emphasis on his interactions with the team and how they changed from the beginning of the movie to the end. That was my impression of the movie. But 
and listen, I'm no NHL coach. I know nothing about what an NHL coach does. I think they did a okay job at depicting what or not an NHL coach, just a head coach in general does. And I and I'd love to hear I, I I'd love to hear some an actual NHL co- head coach talk about this in what the day to day process is. In okay, is this kind of what they do? Like I you hear it all the time about players and moving their families and stuff like that, making decisions. And I think that kind of was put into the movie with him bickering with his wife. But I want to see, okay, how? what did he come up with? What was his system, right? Because Moneyball kind of did that, gave a general idea, but I feel like we weren't shown that in Miracle and the idea of, okay... Like, he's kind of just this, at the start, he's a stubborn guy. But mm-hmm. why? Like, what is it? Like, what what does he think? Like, he he was always at the drawing board, but they were there for, like, what, five, ten seconds? It was just explaining this. But I'm like, man, what is he explaining? Here, I, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you the motivations behind all Herbie. Okay. Why he wanted to. It wasn't being the last man caught of the U.S. team. And it has to do with his family, especially his son. An early scene of the movie. He's playing with this kid, the little turntable hockey thing. His kid is playing as the Leafs. And he is playing as the Montreal Canadiens. And he's, he's losing eight nothing, just to He has sure. failed as a, as a father because his son is a Leafs fan. By the way, this is the end of the 70s where the Habs were the best team in history. <laughs> But let's sell them sell losing six nothing to the least. Anyway, though, shall we continue? Um, yeah. What do you guys think of when they were? I really thought that this movie did a, a really good job of showing the worst parts of hockey, and especially when they're when they first make the team and you see the NCAA rivalry, and you know the guy who got got cheap shot. I think it was. Um, hold on, I have the exact cast up here. It was Jack O'Callaghan. Um, and of course, he he has that scene of like I want to win national championship. This guy who's on the team got me thrown out of game, and he throws the dirty hit. The team's like there, there's a fight in practice in that, and you can see that Herbie says let them fight, and then waits for it to be over, and says, "Hey, dickhead, leave it at the door." I thought that was you know he has the line the it, <laughs> monkeys fighting over a football is what it looks like to him. Yeah. It, Really made hockey look bad there in my uh, opinion. It was realistic, but it made it look really bad. Question: Is it? It does it make hockey look bad? Not that you said it was the worst parts of hockey. Is that what you said? That's one of the uh, yeah. I think overall the movie showed the worst parts of hockey. Do you think it showed the worst po- parts of hockey now? Because that's what we consider the worst parts of hockey. But in 1979, yes. even in 2004, when this movie was made. I don't think people were thinking that. I'm not saying you're oh, wrong. No. I'm just, I'm just if, when the movie was made, considering the time period it took place, I don't necessarily think, um, people were thinking that. But I, I agree with you. It shows a weird. It shows a, a side of hockey that, for me, isn't some isn't the reason, like. I watch hockey. 
Daniel, what about you? What did you think of that whole scene, especially looking at Jack O'Callaghan, who, of course, was a piece of crap from Boston University? <laughs> I don't know. It just kind of it's kind of me, Alex. Like, it's something you don't really like think about. But um, I think I mentioned before, I watched Ice Guardians, that documentary, mm-hmm. and it kind of like talk about that how you know you you kind of don't think about I'm gonna go to the game for this, but these things kind of happen, like these cheap shots. All these things, they said, like, when they're going this fast on the ice, tempers flare, there's that adrenaline, people are going to do these type of things. And I think it's, I don't know, it was kind of an interesting dynamic I found from the movie. You don't think about these, I guess, like, for us, we don't think about these NCAA rivalries because we're not exposed to it as much. But right. the fact that, like, they added there, I, I liked it. I liked it. That, that didn't like the situation, but I'd like that they added that, you know, you guys have to think about this, too, for the movie. Boston, oh, sorry, um, and NCAA rivalries are, especially in hockey and that whole college circuit, apparently they're very vicious because you technically can't fight in the NCAA, but, man, those college guys are, uh, they they play hard, and yeah, um, I mean, we should pay more attention to the NCAA. We've talked about this before, especially in the Moneyball episode. For sure. Hang on. I wanted to another part, by the way, when they were talking, going more towards showing the Soviets and how they were the worst people ever in this movie. When the assistant coach and the doctor in the gas station, again, there's the long lines and you hear over the radio about the Soviets testing their nuclear weapons. (laughs) And then again, I think it's right after that is when there's the TV scene of them hearing out the uh, NHL All-Stars getting messed up. But I want to go to the Norwegian American game. Of course, ends up in a 3-3 tie. Most of the American players are talking about how they have hot dates afterwards. And I think this is my favorite scene of the movie. And again, this isn't just like, this is something in sports I think happens a lot, but I don't really talk about. That bag skate was gruesome, my dear God. Dry on the ice on your hands and knees. That was terrible. And the acting was up and down in this movie. But the guy who plays the assistant coach... You could tell it was killing him to blow that whistle. Yeah, for sure. Man. I mean... Oh, yeah, Greg. Craig, Craig Patrick, was that his name? Yeah, Greg Patrick, yeah. Do you know he was the GM of uh, Pittsburgh when they got Malkin, Crosby, and Flurry? Really? Yeah. Yes. I, yeah, right in fact. I, I mean, he doesn't have his job anymore, but... um yeah that was an interesting scene because all it took that was and i and when it happened i laughed but i don't necessarily think it was funny all it took was for a guy to say he said his name and what team he played for and everyone was talking about their college that guy goes he said he's playing for the united states he was just yelling something out, hoping it would end. He wasn't thinking oh, about no, that. No, absolutely not. He was thinking about that. He was not. I'm an American guy. But he plays for the United States, and that was it. Mm. I thought, I and it's funny because I think that's the point he was trying to get across the entire time. And I think they finally got it. And I think that's for me. That's when the movie changed. Because there was a progression in in the player men, in the players' mentality, whereas you see in the Norway uh, when they're playing Norway, they were all staring in the stands, which is what like if you've ever seen Letterkenny, that's literally 
what they talk about during beer league. Um, <laughs> it, it's kind of the the expectation of these players. I I don't know what happens on NHL benches. They could really just they could be talking about it too. I we just don't really know. And he's like, no, that's not the mentality that we're gonna have for this tournament. And and not only do you see a, a mentality change from the players' perspectives, but I think you see a mentality change from uh, Herb Brooks' perspective too. And like he kind of, I guess it, it would be as the movie goes along, he gets a little more emotional. Like you can see, he really doesn't want to cut a player because they've mm-hmm. all changed. And I think if you go back to the beginning of the movie, I don't think he'd care. No, he had his roster set the first day. Meanwhile, right. you look forward to the the last man cut scene, especially, um, and, the, and, and the emotion it takes her. And when um, O'Callaghan has the injury uh, before the tournament, especially. Um, I want to ask both of you guys, because I think it was after that Norway game that um, Herbie makes the point of winning on talent alone. And I don't think there are two better people I can ask this question to. But what went through your two's heads, starting with you, uh, Daniel, when you heard the coach say, you can't win on talent alone? I thought of the New Jersey Devils, <laughs> to be honest. That's not where I was going with oh, this. Oh, I know exactly where you're going with this. But anyway, the Devils, all right. Tell me about that then. I guess, like... I mean, okay, so, like, I think we talked about this, like, two episodes ago where, yeah, they dominated in, like, the 90s to 2000s. They had, like, the Scott Stevens, the Scott Niedermeyer, like, Martin Brodeur. They had the scoring as well. But, like, at the same time, too, like, they had the trap system that kind of helped them as the years went along. They didn't have that talent. So you kind of, like, same thing Alex said where you have that team mentality where you kind of go with it, like, no matter how much skill you have. And you kind of, you're able to kind of, really keep the puck and beat better teams because of your system. So that's what I kind of always thought of. I don't know. What were you thinking of me saying? I know exactly what Adam's thinking because he's trying to he's trying to get me to say. Um, it, honestly, when he said that, can you repeat the quote again? Um, you, that you can't win on skill alone. Yeah, that's the Leafs. That's every single per and, – and I've said this myself. Like I'm not going to sit here and say I never said that. But, yeah, like – it's true with the Leafs, and I and I made this point earlier this episode. That I think that's the biggest thing in this movie that hasn't changed, right? Like you look at the mentality of the players when you're going to play at the Olympics, you don't have that mentality anymore. Um, when you, you when a coach is coaching a team. He still has that same mentality where it's not just the skill. And I think this year was a big wake-up call for a lot of players on the Leafs in that yeah. the skill is not enough. Um, and yes, you know what? Can, like You can score 50 goals. You can put up 90 assists or whatever. But that is part of being part of the team. Yeah, and, and I think this year was a, and I'm saying this again, it's a huge wake up call for a lot of the players. 
and we kind of saw it towards the end of the season. I'm not praising this team because they literally lost to a 42-year-old emergency backup goalie, and there were so many disappointing performances where that literally that what I just said alone shows that man like what are you playing for to win or to rack up points yeah and in this sport specifically it's great when you put up score 50 goals it's great when you score 100 points but like that's not I couldn't care less and and I think we had this discussion uh, multiple times I don't even remember what episode but we were talking about Marner and um, a lot of there's a lot of criticism going to his way that he's trying to do too much and I said listen I don't care if you score 50 beautiful assists or score or no I'd rather you score a hundred crappiest get a hundred crappy assists than score than get 50 beautiful assists I like it doesn't matter they don't say how did you get them they ask you how many yeah. That is making me laugh in a way. Sorry, I just keep thinking of Moneyball. It's like, did he get did he get on base? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, he gets on base, so we got to throw him out there. Does all he right? get on base? Play Hattenberg, goddammit. <laughs> anyway. Um, then we go to, of course, the part of the movie where the Soviets of the pre-tournament game absolutely spank the Americans. And I'm going to go to the goalie guy here. Daniel... Goalie is a very mental game. And, of course, back in the 80s, I mean, how much really was there the goaltending beside, hey, I'm going to roll over and try and act like a fish? What would you make of this scene, especially the part where he says to uh, the young goalie, I want to see the kid who didn't take that test? Yeah, I don't know. That was cool where it's like he's talking about, I don't know. It, it was like a weird thing, too. Like, it's a whole family thing where it's like you have those two goalies and it's like, he's going to bench one and use the other mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's like, it's like that kind of thing where like, maybe like, does that happen on teams where it's like, you make that, that in that like in, inside competition between the two guys to get the most out of them. Uh, I was surprised they actually like picked with the same guy. I think if I was her Brooks, I'd go with the other guy. Yeah. I have like, like 10, three man. <laughs> That's pretty insane. Hey, fair That's enough. Insane. Uh, and then also in this injury, um, sorry, in that game, there was the O'Callaghan injury. And I see, I said the acting was up and down, but that scene where Herbie goes to talk to O'Callaghan and he's, he's on, uh, you know, he's laying down, you know, he's playing with his leg and that, and like the look on his face there, it's, you know, there, there's something, you know, I look at voice actors a lot and I think, wow, all these guys have to go with is their voice, right? And it's it's so special. And and that guy, I don't know his name. Um, so let me get his exact name up here. But he did such a good job. Michael Mentucho did such a good job of not actually saying anything, but just conveying like the heartbreak he is. And eventually, still gets the the vote of confidence. But and he ends up playing against the Soviets and all that huge goal there. But I I said earlier that I thought this is probably Mike Babcock's favorite movie, gentlemen. And that's because in that pregame speech. There's a few lines when he's like, listen, hold on. Let me just get it ready here. That great moments come from great opportunities. 
it's your time. Like everything he was saying, I was like, my dear God, this is Mike Babcock. <laughs> he must watch it before every game. It's our time. Yep. Opportunities here, boys. Let's go. It's your time. Let's go. I, I, I couldn't be the only one thinking that. <laughs> so I can't get over that impression. <laughs> I'm working That's on great. this. It should be like one every episode. Last week yeah. it was uh, on Sunday was Kyle Dubas. Today it's Mike Babcock. I can't wait to find out who he's going to be next episode. Mark um, Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen the impression I did him actually? I haven't. We have to yeah. hear it. I'm going to send that to you. He's going you- gonna to <laughs> say, uh, "We're not going to mortgage the future." Okay. <laughs> I put in one of my HFR ones actually. I wore, a, I put on like a shirt, a vest, a tie. I did my hair. I put my glass. I don't have enough gray to be Mark Bergerman. Um, but anyway, lads, talk to me about that speed. Like you must have had Babcock flashbacks there, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, for sure. It, it's, I, and I mean, and I kind of reiterate. I said this at the beginning, but I'll reiterate is that the entire movie felt like. A Mike Babcock movie, um, just in the mentality that Mike Babcock brought to Toronto in 2015, that was the mentality. You think about okay, what what was there? Uh, Peter Horacek, um, Randy Carlyle, Ron Wilson. It didn't seem. Sorry, I just got flashbacks. That hurt me. Um, uh, Peter Horacek, especially. <laughs> It, it brought um, it was that mentality in where this needs to be a team. This isn't individual players trying to score points. And yeah, that scene specifically felt like Mike Babcock because that's something I guess it, it was similar to what he always said like any time. But I think the entire for me, the entire movie was Mike Babcock-esque. Because it was just a really similar mentality to what he was bringing to Toronto. At least the first two, three years. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. It's like the same kind of stoic approach, but you still try to like fire up the guys. Try to get things going. Boys, go on, here we go, boys. You know what? It's our moment, our time. Let's go. Um, I... What's ridiculous to me, by the way, guys, why the hell would you pull Tretiak? Yeah, I don't know. That was wild. <laughs> what an idiot. Apparently, like the coach said, like that was the biggest regret of his career. It's like Crawford not putting Gretzky in the shootout levels is stupid. Well, you know what I find? You, you say that, and um, in the movie, he goes to his coach. Uh, he uh, Herb Brooks goes to his assistant coach. I think it was Craig Patrick, and he goes, they don't know what to do. He had no idea. Like, you think about the buildup until that point. They made, yes, they made the country of, of the Soviet Union look bad, but they build up the hockey team that is the Soviet Union to be an absolute powerhouse. Like they talked about, they beat the NHL All Stars six nothing. 
they're going through teams. Like, they had won the last four Olympics. So, I think that point really stands out in that he has no idea what to do because he's never been in a situation. He's never been in that situation before. Mm. So, I think... Yeah, like it right it made absolutely no sense that he pulled the goalie. How many goals did he let in two? Three? Two. Two, two at yeah. that point. Well who the hell pulls a goalie at two goals? And again, it's freaking Trechiak. Maybe Peter like, Horacek, I don't know. Herbie even says they just pulled the best goalie of all time. Like it, it's open season here, lads. Uh, anyway, moving on, they end up beating the Soviets, whatever. I mean, it, it, we all knew it was going to happen. Great moment. Um, they end up beating Finland in the gold medal game, which I thought was okay. Really, it was. It's underwhelming when you look at it. They, of course, come back from behind to win that game as well. It's not shown, but it's, it's stated uh, in you know, your post-narration type thing. So I'm guessing that, that the Soviets won bronze, right? Yeah. Like they beat... Sweden? Yes. Okay, so th- am I thinking this wrong? Because I thought at the end I saw Sweden, Soviet flag, and the American go up. But then shouldn't Finland's be up there, or am I misremembering it? Because Finland would have won silver. Yeah, Finland would have won silver. So Was it did, not there? Did I miss that? Because I swore I saw, fi- I saw Sweden's flag up there with the Soviets. No, I thought I saw Finland. You know what? I'll, um... <laughs> I'll figure it out, but I don't know. There's just something in my head. But anyway, lads, both of your your final thoughts on this this movie, this little this little Disney fairy tale movie. Uh, it's a great self-contained like feel-good movie. That's why I picked it for this week. Uh, because we were talking about so much about like NCAA guys. I'm like, oh yeah, Miracle. I remember watching that like years ago, and I thought it was great. There was just a lot of hype for it. When I was a kid, I, I didn't think of anything of it when it came out. I remember thinking, like, wait, like, why is it? Why is there a hockey movie on the U.S.? Oh. Yeah. You know, you know why it was like that? Okay, so I just searched this up. I'm just sorry. I'm just going back to what Adam was saying. You saw what? You saw United States, Soviet, and Sweden? Yeah. Okay, you know why that was the case? I think they, they obviously changed something. Because I searched up ice hockey at the 1980 Winter Olympics. Champion, uh, United States. Runner-up, Soviet Union. Third place, Sweden. Oh, I think... No, it's because... I don't know if this is correct, but I remember they used to do this for international hockey, like the Canada Cup as well, where they didn't have like the same format we have now, where you have like those three guys and then you win silver by... Losing in the gold medal game, it was based on your rankings of how you did throughout the tournament. I don't know how I feel about that. <sighs> like oh, they, they don't. Do, they used to do that. I remember. Oh, for Canada. I see it here. Yeah. So United. So, uh, the this is what it says: the top two teams from each group play the top two teams from the other group once. Points from the pre- what? Points from the previous games against their own group. Care what is this? Yeah, they used to always do that for international hockey, I remember. I'm guessing the Soviets only lost one game, and it was against the Americans. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what? This is the most confusing system. 
Alex, final, final thoughts on the movie then. I really liked it. Um, yeah. I, I thought it was a good movie. You know, the one thing I guess I, I didn't bring up earlier is that I don't know if you noticed this, but it was just me. Sometimes when they showed them skating, I felt like they slowed it down. Yeah. <laughs> Either. I expect them to use more footage of the game itself, but I mean, like, it's really funny. Of course, they weren't going to show the actor's face when they were skating because it wasn't them, but. Right. No, but just they they looked like slower. I mean, I guess that helped. Maybe I'm used to watching um, Connor McDavid and, like, Elias Pedersen and all these guys who skate, like, absolute beasts. Um to maybe to see them what it actually looked like. I mean, it kind of looked sl- a little slow. The shaky cam doesn't help either. No. No. But uh, other than that, like, I, I, I like the movie. I think it brought a point. For me, like, I watched that movie. I don't know why, but I, it really got the point across to me about hockey and really how much has changed. But also... How there are things that literally have not changed since 1980, and that's like 40 years ago, right? <clears throat> so it, it's nice to see. Like I think for me, there's not a whole lot out there to go to, like the opportunity to go and watch older games, like. Now, because there's literally no sport, sports, they're ha- they have older games on. Like, they had the th- uh, three OT game against Ottawa, the Leafs versus Ottawa. Uh, I think they had the Canadians versus the Bruins. Um, <clears throat> they had other older games, too, right? So it's nice to see, wow, like, this is what kind of hockey was like. Even... Like, even if you go back, that the Ottawa game I was talking about, like, damn, hockey looks different now. Oh, yeah. Like, damn. Well, I guess to, to finish us off here, uh, I, I just, I was thinking last, by the way, um, I'm wearing my World Cup of Hockey Team Canada jersey here. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, yeah, um, Miracle on Ice is great, but... Um, 2010 was better. Don't mind me. Um, I, I, didn't I mean, know we were we, wearing hockey jerseys today. Uh, I just, I, know. I think it's the memo, guys. The last cool. time. I just thought that you know what? We're Eastern Conference fans of hockey teams, so we don't care about the. I don't care about the Canucks. Why would I? So I thought, like, even if we're talking about the Soviets and the Canadian and uh, the Americans, we should always remember that in the end, let's go Canada. <laughs> Is the most important thing, and I don't think I need to tell you whose name's on the back of this jersey. I wonder who. It's Carey. Is it Nathan Price. Horton? No, it's Carey Price. Isn't he American? Is Nathan Horton? No, he's Canadian. Also, I just want to read you guys some stats here. I'm looking at Martin Brodeur. It's really weird. I don't see a single Conn Smythe trophy, and I look at Patrick Wall. I'm like, wow, he has the most in history. Three. That's more than Crosby. Gretzky, and then you know what's really funny? We talk about wins. Marty Brodeur is second in playoff wins behind. Oh, was that Patrick Waugh? Oh no! Excuse me, sorry, cousin. Just somebody sent me those stats, and what I just is thought this? 
Let's just just finish them off as the, the I'm show. pretty sure the two on one podcast Instagram page even voted for Martin Broder. So Yeah, because you control it. You don't even try that with me. Don't you you can't do that. That is a that account <laughs> That was so is, funny. It's a hive mind, really? And guess what? A third of that hive mind does not no. So two-thirds do, which is a majority, therefore... No, no, no. That's not how this, how this works. You can't do that. Yeah. You didn't even confer with us so that there is not bias in that poll. So it's not usable in my eyes. I mean, I, no, I'd like to challenge... Yeah, but there's three Anyways, of us, right? Daniel doesn't count Yeah. You said two. I don't count yet? Oh, man. I, count yet. Dan- I just want to point this so out. Long. Daniel has been on how many like episodes straight? Yeah. When I was know. the last time we've ever had this many episodes with Daniel? Never. Okay. Were you, Daniel, what were you on? Like two, three episodes before all of this? You were on the, you were on the one we recorded and we did like a trade deadline of hockey cards. That was at yeah. the RCC. Yeah, he was on the one when uh, I think Mitch Marner signed too. Yeah, that was the first one I was on. One, two. Three, was that four. at school? That was at uh, Alex's. He's been on seven straight episodes. Six or seven. Daniel, I am kidding. You know you're part of the show. I make sure to include you in every episode. I kiss your ass when you're not on the show. I just think it is a bit... It's a bit unfair for the show to go on Instagram and say, hey, I'm going to vote for this person, even though... One of the cogs of this show does not agree. And if, if you have a machine and one cog's not spinning, the rest of it's not going either. Of just course. Don't worry. You can, you, you can say as much as you want. Don't worry. <laughs> I, just, I just want to say, I just want to no. say the regular season doesn't mean a damn thing. So technically, oh, lost players wow. beat Do you notice how every episode he changes the standards? No, yeah. I don't. What about the Olympics? No, no, let's start this right now, okay? Because Alex was the one who said, Adam, what do you base it on? Wins and that. Well, like, you talk about regular season wins. The regular season doesn't mean dick all. So the playoff wins we, we are what's really We never established that. No, that's and not true at all. How many no, playoff games did he play? Wait, how many playoffs? How many playoff games? How many playoff games did he play versus how many regular season games did he play? Hold on. You're starting, to sound like, you're starting to sound like a basketball fan saying hockey uh, regular season doesn't matter. Because it doesn't. The Raptors How do you get into the playoffs? What? It doesn't. Dude, okay. Tampa Bay last year, 62 wins. Doesn't mean anything because they got swept. And the problem I had that Patrick Wall episode is because I was giving my opinion as to why I thought Wall was the best. And Alex comes in and says, when I start talking about how Wall changed the game, when I'm giving my opinion, Alex is like, well, I don't think that should matter. Okay, that's great, but I'm trying to tell you why I think he's the best. And I think it's like, look at Bobby Orr, all right? Yeah. You... You cannot ask an NHL player why Bobby Orr is the best defenseman in the history without them saying how they changed the game. I think it's disrespectful to look at a player and not look at how they changed the game when talking about the best player of all time. I'm done. Okay. Okay. Daniel, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm, I've let it all out now. Don't worry. <laughs> I love it. Daniel, I hope I've not upset you here. You haven't. I feel like I have. It's like when somebody tells you everything's okay. I don't think everything's okay. That means, like, this is fine. Sorry? Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and I'm the dog and there's fire all around me. I'm sorry, the garbage truck is, I live at the end of a street, so the garbage truck is just coming by, it's garbage. So I excuse the beeping here, ladies and gentlemen. Luckily, it's the end of the show, thank God, because after that tirade, I might be the reason we lose a few listeners there. But anyway, this guy cannot freaking turn properly. Like, can I just, for the video, I'm sorry, people are like, what's he doing here? It's like his <laughs> yeah. time trying to do it. He can't get out. Jesus Christ. You Don't should go help him. Uh, no. He's wearing a t-shirt. It's a bit chilly out for a t-shirt. I'll say that. Oh, we did it! Anyway. Uh, shout out to, let's give a shout out to those waste workers. Are everything going on? Still taking out our garbage with bacteria, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, so our next episode of the podcast, Alex, why don't you tease the listeners what it's going to be about? Um, we are going to be looking at the NHL draft. Yay! And, you know, maybe projecting, hey, how Alexis Lafreniere is going to fall to 15th and be a half. That's not how it works. Um, and then next episode of the Bizarre Adventures, we're going to be looking at Jurassic Park. And for those of you who think it's just going to be people yelling about dinosaurs, it's going to be more than that. It's going to be talking about, you know, the ethics of the movie, um, that kind of stuff. Um, how about you guys, do you think that maybe we should keep doing the, instead of just what we did for Moneyball and be like, pick, pick, pick. We do what we more did for Miracle and we go through chronologically in the movie. Sure. All right. And fair warning, I'm listening to the audiobook for the for Jurassic Park, the novel. So I might turn into a bit of a book nerd. But I will try not to. Anyway, I, I think that's it. I know there was a book. Sorry? Not to talk about the Toronto Raptors the entire time. I'll hang up. Oh, and so here's the Raptor in There's Kawhi shooting threes with uh, Kyle Lowry. You see, we used to have Jonas Valachunas, but he got eaten by the other Raptors. That's funny. I don't know. But anyway, um... I think that's it for today. Yeah, make sure um, you like and subscribe. Yeah, if you're listening to this on, let's say, iTunes or something, uh, you should leave a review. Um, you know, you should let us know if there's something you'd like us to watch, and, and we'll probably do it um, because no one's done it so far, so you could be the first one. Think of it like that. Um, and then after that, we're thinking maybe doing some top ten lists, maybe some franchise stuff, and maybe we'll talk about how, you know, Prisoner of Azkaban's the best Harry Potter movie, that kind of stuff. I, 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 I read. I read the book. I didn't watch it. Was Azkaban a good book? Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, I didn't finish all of them, but yeah. And you said you haven't seen the movie? No, I'm. Uh, yeah, I've only watched it up to Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Where? What? How have you not seen them? That's like the biggest. Fr- well, Star Wars is, but Harry Potter is like the I've second biggest franchise ever. I've never seen them. Alex hasn't seen it either. And I don't feel what? I don't even feel bad. How? It's Harry Potter, guys. I it know. Wasn't my ty- it wasn't my type of thing, man. You didn't like magic as a kid? No. No, I didn't really, to be honest. I, no, I don't know. I like Lord of the Rings. Okay, yeah, oh, I've that. seen Lord of the Rings. Have you have you guys ever watched like the five hour full version of each of them? No. Yeah. I don't yeah, there you go, Daniel. They're worth it. They are worth it. There's a really funny deleted scene in um, Fellowship Alex where Frodo has to lead them out and he stops when they're they're in Rivendell, right? Daniel? Do you want the uh, I can't remember. 
Anyway, he stops and he turns. He's like, Gandalf, I don't know which way they go. And he's like, go left, young hobbit. He doesn't know, he doesn't know how to get to the mines of Moria or anything. Anyway, this show probably been gone on about like 15 minutes ago. We should have ended, but I had to... And Daniel looks so sick of me, and I feel so bad about no, it. No, I'm fine, man. I'm just relaxed. All right. Well, my dog wants to leave my room, so I've got to go now.